This is the place where we talk about preparing for and navigating adulthood, a space for autistic individuals, families, professionals, and other community stakeholders to get information and resources when it comes to this particular area. We talk about employment, education, high school, college, independence, all of those areas, and connect you to people and organizations that are doing work in this community, as well as share some resources that we've created here at Autism Grown Up. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan, and I'm also the executive director of Autism Grown Up. You can check us out at autismgrownup.com and continue listening to this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Autism Grown Up podcast. This week, I am talking with Beth Rosenberg, who is the founder of a not-for-profit organization called Tech Kids Unlimited. They're based in New York City, and they focus on teaching computer science and technology to kids, teens, and now young adults that learn differently. I love their mission, which is to open up the field of technology to students with disabilities, especially those on the autism spectrum, to help them become the techies of tomorrow. I just love that alliteration. And Beth shares a little bit about their programming and how their focus on technology has shifted towards work-based learning, which is something we're a big proponent of here at Autism Grown Up. Work-based learning experiences are excellent preparation for career exploration and getting vocational experience under your belt before you start going out to look for a job, or sometimes it does lead to a job in the end of it. So we get into the Tech Kids Unlimited model, what their staffing ratio looks like and how they support all of their students' needs, experiences, and knowledge, and how that's shifted over time because they've opened for they've been open for several years now. Something I do want to note before we get into this episode is that this is this was actually recorded before the coronavirus pandemic and quarantining. So the programming that we were discussing was happening beforehand. So before this episode aired, I checked in with Beth to see what they are doing and to share some updates, and this is what she said. So here's some info about what we are doing right now. They are providing all workshops from March to June, online and free, and then they are working on promoting and getting the word out about their unique eight-week summer curriculum starting June 29th. And you can check that out all on their website, techkidsunlimited.org. That's a little bit about this episode. Let's just jump right into this interview with Beth Rosenberg. So, you know, this has been Tech Kids Unlimited, a real labor of love for me, um, really starting with my son, Jack. You know, he was about 11 years old and he loved technology, but there was no place for me to send him because he needed a supportive environment. Mm. And then it was just like, I met this woman, she had a school, she said, you could, you know, use my school. You know, I was working in the field of like arts and technology as an educator. This was back in, um, what year was it? Uh, 2009. Mm. And, you know, the school couldn't host us for the summer. And I turned to my husband and I said, I don't care that the school can't host it. I'm still doing a one week workshop. And I sort of opened up my Rolodex, you know, what's that? You're, you know, I opened up my non-existent iPhone at the time and <laughs> wrote some uh, email saying like, oh, you know, would you host a, for free, 
mm-hmm. you know, can we have a lab, you know, at here, there, the other place? And it was like the floodgates open. Like as soon as I said technology, you know, kids, you know, who learn differently, autism, you know, one week, you know, give us computers in a classroom. A whole, I had a whole bunch of people that wanted to do it. Um, and I was lucky. I was consulting at the time at the Jewish Community Center in Manhattan. And they said, bring it here. And that was in 2009. And I started with 10 students in my son's class um, in a su- summer of 2009. And then they all said, we want more. And then in February, February winter break, which we do here in New York, we mm-hmm. did it again. And then we just kept doing it. So then we went February, you know, like 2010. I moved it over to Pace because I was doing a, my second master's degree there. And, I, and my advisor at Pace said, bring it here and I'll give you college students. And it was literally like an organic process. And then, and then by the time 2013 rolled around, um, my, the chair of my department, Luke Dubois, said, you know what? I heard you're doing this program and it sounds really great. And we have this you know, new sort of hub this interdisciplinary hub that we're creating at NYU called the Ability Project, and maybe you could um, spark it by doing STEM classes, STEM STEAM classes here at NYU. And in the summer of 2013, we brought it to NYU, and he said to me, wait a second, are you a non-for-profit? What are you? And I said, I'm nothing. I said, I'm nothing. I'm just like, you know, a couple little flyers and, you know, handing it out to people I know. And and he said, well, you'll have to become a non-for-profit. And, you know, we, this is NYU. And I said, okay, I'll become a non-for-profit if you um, come on our board. And he said, deal. And so then he died. And in 2014, we became a non-for-profit. But we were already doing the program since 2009 in a shorter way. And then uh, we became a non-for-profit in 2014 from 10 students to now 350 students. And um, you know, it's, it's hard work. It's a labor of love in, you know, like war, but you know, my son who was in the program for 10 years, um, is tells me he's retired now, but he still really loves it. Like we have game night for, um, for our teens, like game night, mom, you know, he's like, <laughs> I'll work the projector and pick the movie. And, you know, I'll go to Trader Joe's and even pick up the food if you want. And, you know, he's, he's invested, you know, in it. You know, we have a hackathon coming up called Decode the Vote on May 3rd. He'll be at the hackathon, you know, the whole day. Um, you know, he, you know, he's a young college student now, so he wants to, um, you know, be, you know, he's more of an alumni. Um, and, um, but, you know, he's not a coder, but he's a great video editor you know, um, and, and I, and, 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 you know, I think that he has a bit of a technology brain. Um, you know, he's not afraid of technology in any way. Um, he, I I think he learned a lot. I think he learned a lot, you know, along the way, you know, every kid's trajectory is different. Um, but I think what happened for him is that he did, love it um because it was a community and and that's the part that he loves about it the the community aspect of it so he's definitely you know invested you know and involved um mm-hmm. 
and that's that's wonderful to him because it is like a place of belonging absolutely it's like it sounds like another home for him um based on the community you've built and poured your heart and soul into yeah and and he's sort of been you know like he's been the co-founder you know sometimes my husband calls him the co-flounder um (laughs) because his his ideas, you know, we things off of him all the time. Like we never, you know, up until a few years ago, we didn't have a teen program until he said to me, we just had a youth program. It went from like seven to 14, seven to 15 in the same classroom. And he literally said, you know, he came home one day and he said, I don't want to be with the babies. And we were like, you know what? You're right. You know, you don't have to be with the seven, eight year olds. You're a teen now you should be. And then we started the teen program. Um, you know, those kinds of things, which yeah. have been, you know, so important along the way. Or even someone, you know, for him to say, like, I don't want everything to be about coding, mom. I don't love coding. And then to be like, well, can we do more video, more editing, more memes, more GIFs, more, you know, things like that? Because we are project-based, you know. And so every time you are signing up for a Tech Kids Unlimited workshop, you are doing some project. It's like a video or a game or like learning a computer language or making an iStop motion video or, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of, of that. Um, so, you know, thinking about, you know, these kids, they're not all, you know, one side of the brain. You know, we have many, many, many students who are absolutely creative geniuses. I mean, the animation, the GIFs, you know, the video editing is extraordinary. Um, And then we have some students who like the coding languages, you know, it's rote, it's interesting, it's, you know, once you learn it, it's, it's um, palatable. Um, But we, we see both ends um, and, and not one is unique. So we go back and forth and offer both of those different kinds of programs you know, to, to make sure that these kids are proficient in various software and in technology skills. That's really what we want them to be proficient in um, because, you know, you need to know Photoshop to, be, to get in a job, right? Yeah. You, need, yeah. you need to know how to, you know, edit a little video. You need to know what social media is. You need, you know, all of these, you know, different things. Um, um, and, you know, depending on what you want to do, um, ultimately technology helps you solve problems. And, and I think that, you know, for all of our kids on the spectrum, you know, they all need to continue to become great problem solvers. Um, you know, I once had a kid, you know, a, um, a kid that we love, one of our alumni, um, he was in our Friday program, which is like an all-day sort of faux workplace program. And um, he said, Beth, I have no money for lunch. And I said, oh, my God, what, why don't you have any money for lunch? And he said, well, my, when I came here, my Metro card had no money on it, and my mom gave me a $20 bill. So I just put the $20 bill to get my Metro card in and I used it up. And so ultimately, what is that about? It's about executive functioning and not being able to like think ahead, right? Of course, we got him lunch, you know, but it was like, it was so interesting to, you know, um, to, to see that type of 
problem, like he didn't problem solve, right? He didn't problem solve. And of course he never did it again, but in that moment when he put that $20 bill, you know, he could have pressed, you know, give me a $10 Metro card instead of a $20 Metro card, but he wasn't problem solving. So, um, you know, but it never happened again because we talked about it and, you know, it was a mistake and, you know, he corrected it and he began to problem solve. Um, so, so I think that at the end of the day, if, if we, if, if our kids can learn a little bit of problem solving, a little bit of community in terms of, you know, social and learn a little bit of technology, um, that we've done our duty. Yeah. You know, one of the things I want to say is like, I had this great conversation with, um, a funder of mine, uh, you know, prior funder and, you know, he was just so incredible um, because he was talking about, you know, workforce development and how he particularly is interested in um, diversity, inter- disability. Yeah, I heard of and, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, thank you so much for saying that. He's like, you know, the statistics are 80% of people with, you know, cognitive disability are, you know, underemployed, unemployed. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I was like, but I was honey, how come other funders don't know this? He's like, uh, I said, I said, what makes my job so hard is that sometimes, like oftentimes I have to explain to funders what is autism. Then I have to explain to them this whole idea of like schooling a student with autism, Mm -hmm. you know, like why do they go in, why does it go until 21, you know, on and on. And then- um, and then the next thing I have to explain is the whole, you know, workforce employment internship piece. Um, and they just, they don't get it. They like, don't get it. And I said, I just, my hope is that I can have more funders that like, basically I just have to convince them to fund me and I don't have to do all the other parts because all the other parts is exhausting. Um, you know, I was talking to a funder last week for something we applied to and, it was such a discouraging conversation because she didn't realize that kids go to school and can have the option of going to school with an IEP until 21 and exactly, you know, that autism spectrum is a cluster, you know, and that, you know, you meet one person with, you know, autism spectrum, you meet one person Mm -hmm. and she didn't know any of this. And, And then I looked to see, you know, I did a little background research and I thought like, wow, she's about 25, 26, which is the same age as my daughter. And then I thought, wait a second, are you, have you been living under a rock? Right. Like, like that generation should be pretty woke, you know, with advertisements and, you know, like, you know, tons of, uh, of, people, you know, who have siblings, friends, siblings, on and on and on in this day and age, you know, with one in 59, it was very, I I had to literally um, go under the covers for the rest of the day. I was so upset. (laughs) Goodness. That's so shocking, but it's so true. It really is. I mean, we had, it was really funny. We had to, we, we try to enter into some competitions we did like uh, um like the games you know we're doing podcasts you know different competitions and 
so my education manager, who's amazing, she, you know, writes the, the, the she writes a note to one of these competitions. I'm talking vaguely here. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she, well, let me explain to you, like our students that we have this special program on Fridays, you know, we have 10 students who are like, they may be seniors in high school, but they may be in their 13th year, or they may be in a transition program, or they may have um, graduated community college, or they may be in community college, but they're all like, you know, um, up to 21. And of course, the competition listed um, that the students had to be, quote, in high school. So we write a note, you know, she writes a note, and at first glance, this organization was like, oh, okay, that sounds fine. And then the second thing, they write back and say, no, it's not fine. Because, you know, by 18, you should be finished with high school. And, you know, why do you have people over 21? And we were like, hello, it's a law that you can go to school until you're 21 if you have an IEP. And guess what? Not all our kids go to public schools because our parents have to sue, you know, Mm -hmm. to put them in a private school or a non-private school or a transition program, you know, because they don't get services in public schools. Yeah. And it, oh my God, my, my beautiful, amazing education manager, it was, it was, uh, you know, it lit a fire under her. And, and I think ultimately they, you know, she, as soon as she decided, she cited like, this is a law. It's called the America's, you know, Americans with Disability Act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't discriminate against our kids because they didn't finish school at 18. Um, yeah. And they allowed us into Good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's kind of in a way like what makes our job very incredibly difficult, yeah. you know, around the education space. Mm-hmm. Because when I have to answer questions around um, funding, which is how many students graduated from high school? How many students are going to go to college? How many students improve their test scores? Yeah. That's, we, you know, we, we, that's not the measurement that you take with a special needs student. No, it's very, it's not. So different. Right? I mean, you know, I'm so incredibly proud of my own son, you know, which is the reason that I started Tech Kids Unlimited with him and for him. You know, he's 21 and he's in his first year of college at 21 years old. And, you know, it, it's been, you know, bumpy and stuff, but like he, he, he wouldn't have been able to do it at 18 or 17. Absolutely not. Yeah. No way. And, you know, and I, we have to do like, you know, we do a modified poor schedule and he's in a program where he gets, you know, special tutoring and, you know, all of that other great stuff to give him, you know, uh, the chance, the fighting chance. But, um, I just feel so happy that he went to school until he was 21, that he took all of that time through his IEP mm-hmm. because developmentally he needed it. Yeah. Like I, you know, my favorite phrase is there's no race to the finish line. There's no race. So your, um, I wish every parent that had an IEP, I wish every parent that had an IEP, like basically the school said, you know what? You have an IEP, and so we're gonna. We want to work with you until they're 21, and yeah. whether we're gonna 
push you out into taking some community college classes or there's a super senior year mm-hmm. or whatever, but we're not, ha- we're not having you graduate at 18. Yeah, we don't need because I think that, Yeah, I think that's where a lot of trouble comes in mm-hmm. is pushing these students out when they don't have the developmental, um, you know, wherewithal and emotional wherewithal and, and just the world becomes harder for them and because they need more time. Mm-hmm. That's just a little bit of a yeah. conundrum and, you know, mm-hmm. that, I, that I feel like we're facing. You know, one really interesting thing that I also feel like we're facing at Tech Kids Unlimited, if I could just like talk like nonchalantly, yeah. um, is this idea that like students will come to Tech Kids Unlimited, whether they're youth or teens, and every single student has an IEP, you know, or is about to get an IEP, right? Mm-hmm. And um, every single student is in like some type of, you know, um, different style learning class. You know, New York, we have this class, it's called an integrative um, classroom. There's like two teachers, you know, 30 students in the class, half the students are have an IEP, half of them don't. So that's yeah. more of like an inclusion model. Yeah. You know, we have this program called the ASD Nest program, where it's a specialized program and they only take students into the classroom um, who are diagnosed with ASD and then they, um, you know, they adapt the curriculum. And then we have private schools where you sue the Board of Education to get your kid into the school. Mm-hmm. But you would think with all of that, right, you would think that a parent would say to their kid, like, you know what, you know why you're not going to school with your sister? You learn differently. Yeah. You, your brain works differently. Not necessarily to label them because I don't like labels. Like, you know, labels are great to get services, but you know, who knows what we have with autism spectrum? You know, in 10 years, it'll be teased out. You know, I just went to a lecture at a Simons Foundation. Um, You know, it'll be teased out as multiple different types of, um, you know, um, conditions, you know, um, and so, you know, whether you say your kid is ADHD or nonverbal learning disability, which doesn't exist in the DSM or, or ASD or whatever you want to call them, just tell them, right? Tell them because literally we have students, they are teens now and the parents have said nothing, zero, nothing. And of course, all the evidence shows, right, that, you know, you must self-identify, that you do better in life if you can identify who you are. And that almost means for everything. Like, I'm a white Jewish woman from Brooklyn. And yeah, like, I'm pretty sassy and um, opinionated, you know, I'm a New Yorker. Um, And, but I, I, you know, embrace my identity, right? Like you're not gonna get anything else. Like you're gonna, here it is. Um, And and I just feel like it's so, like that we we are hurting these kids so much by not saying to them, you know what? You're neurodiverse. Yeah. You have a neurodiverse brain. Your brain works differently. Um, and, uh, you know, like I just uh, spoke to a, a colleague of mine at a, a, a university and he's like, can you, can you help me? I, you know, my sister's kid, you know, goes to like some great school, 
I can't remember, like Brown, I think it was Brown University. Cause some of these kids, especially if you're like more Asperger's little professor, you can get into those schools, right? Mm -hmm. So he says to me, but I know that he's on the spectrum. I, he has no friends emotionally, socially. He locks himself in his room. He's doing just okay at Brown, you know, not great. He just, you know, doesn't leave his room. And she's, he's like, uh, I just really wish that like over the summer, I could tell my sister about some social skills programs or something or something or something. And what do you think I should do? And, and I was like, you know what? your sister's doing a really big disservice to your son, to your um, nephew. He's like, I know. He's like, but how can I tell her? And I said, that's right. You can, you know, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them to drink, get, you know, right. Right. You can't make them drink. Right. So I just, you know, we're, we're dealing with that ourselves. And, and to some extent, you know, we're wondering, you know, with our teen programs, if we should write something on our, um, applications, you know, they're not really applications because we accept everyone, but just more like an information so, taking, you know, yeah. um, is, um, is right we away. want you to know that we will be discussing neurodiversity in this program. Yeah. Like, because we, we are discussing it. We are, um, you know, we want students to see that there are strengths, that they have strengths um, and that um, they should not be ashamed. Um, and, and I think that that is what we have with autism. You know, and, and so then the, the, the interesting thing is like, what is the most urging and pressing issue for me um, is really employment. Employment. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, it, it, it's for all these kids, you know, back to what we were talking about before with the funder that I spoke to yesterday around employment and disability. Yeah. Um, we are not doing enough around employment. Um, and as I'm talking to you, I just got an email that the YMCA in Chicago just um, announced it will open Cafe Voca, a new um, coffee bar that will provide vocational training and employment for individuals with intellectual and developmental challenges. Now that's great. Like that is fantastic. We should have more of that. But um, you know, why is it that you know basically every other organization you know won't hire neurodiverse you know students? Yes, there's that piece of the conversation too about inclusion in the workplace. That like, yeah, I agree. The there are a lot of coffee shops opening up near us too in North Carolina, but it's not the only setting for people with disabilities mm -hmm. and neurodiversity to work in. As exactly, industry. whether it's a coffee shop or a candle shop or, or a, uh, you know, making jewelry or, you know, like whatever. I mean, it's all wonderful and great. And yeah. this whole idea of autism entrepreneurship, I love. And in fact, there's a wonderful website that we created with the Flutie Foundation called shop the spectrum and you can find in you know all of these autism entrepreneurship organizations there if that's your cause you can go there you can find them and it was created by our students and actually we're redoing it um in the next couple three months you know because websites constantly have to be redone and refreshed mm -hmm. so um you know if that's your cause great but at the same time you know i would like to see 
tons of other organizations, you know, hire um, our kids. Yeah. And I even give them an internship. Like, I want an internship. Like, I want a robust internships. And where we're basically, <coughs> excuse me, we're basically, you can check off on an application that you are neurodiverse. And yes, you need the interview process softened. And yes, mm-hmm. you need a job coach. And yes, you need accommodations in the workplace. Like you be a, you need to be able to, you know, wear your headphones or, you know, bring all your, you know, comfort objects or there's maybe there's a sensory room for you or whatever it may be. Right. And that's like provided no question. Like correct. Yeah. Right. Provided no question. Like as if you had a physical disability and now you need, you know, you need a, you know, voice to speech, you know, uh, you know, uh, on your computer or you need a special chair and that is no problem whatsoever. Why can't it be the same way if you have a cognitive disability, you know? Um, so that's, that's my next thing. That that's the piece that I'm, I'm, going to be working on this year um, around um, internships and, you know, employment in a little, in a little way, like, you know, that it's not, it extends our mission a little bit, but we do go till 21. So one of the things I'm really excited about is for the first time ever, we're this summer, we're going to take like six of our alumni kids, six of our students, they may be in college, you know, or vocational community college, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We're inviting them back for a four or five week semester. And two of those days, it'll be all about career readiness and workforce. And then two days, we're sending them out into the field with some of our partners that we've been working with um, and who will, um, you know, work with them for two days a week in the field. And then on Fridays, they'll all have like a Zoom conversation together about, you know, the work life paradigm. And I want to see what happens with that. Um, it's going to be the first time where we're putting our students into the field. Mm. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I have a great story of a parent who was telling me this exact she said, my kid, you know, we woke up, you know, it's a little rainy outside, whatever. My kid's like, I want to stay at home. I'm not leaving the apartment today. And the mom said, well, you know what? I'm going to Tech Kids Unlimited because my mom friends are there and I want to hang with them. <laughs> she, she, she's like, so you could stay home here or something like that. Like, I'll get a babysitter for you. And she was like, no, 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 I'll go. I'll go. Because... Because, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of is that we've created a community, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, to have a whole bunch of parents who decide, you know what, I could just drop my kid off there. I know they'll be happy and safe, you know, on a Sunday. Um, uh, you know, and I, I know I could go to Trader Joe's or, you know, whatever, do some, you know, weekend shopping and come back and pick them up. Or... I could, you know, bring my computer and and do some of my own work, or I could sit in the kitchen area and talk to other parents, you know, about everything. And I love that. And, you know, we're a community and we wouldn't really be Tech Kids Unlimited without the help of our friends. And we have an incredible community partnership with NYU Tandon School of Engineering Um, in the department that I adjunct in, which is called the um, Integrated Digital Media 
program, part of the Department of Technology, Culture, and Society at NYU Tandon in downtown Brooklyn. And, you know, we have a space there and um, it's, it's just like a wonderful community partnership and we couldn't do this program without them. I mean, also we have an incredibly close relationship with the Seidenberg School of Computer Science at Pace University too. Oh, wow. um, and, and that is, you know, those two schools, um, you know, with NYU uh, being where we conduct, you know, 95% of our programs now mm -hmm. um, as the, you know, forefront leading, you know, partner you know, for us, which means that kids come to us on a college campus in a beautiful state-of-the-art facility that's up to code, you know, that where they see other college students and young people that look just like them, um, and they are taught by master tech teachers and assistant teachers who often go to NYU, they are undergraduate and graduate students and other schools in the New York City area like Pace University or Hunter or Pratt or um, different departments around NYU. Mm -hmm. So it's a really beautiful um, relationship. And, and I think also it's also about um, showing the current millennial generation um, how important it is for them to include neurodiverse people as they age and own companies and, um, and, and go into the spotlight in their own careers. And I have one great example of that. I had a, a wonderful teacher um, who um, was a graduate student and looked for a long time about you know over a year for a ux design job um, in new york and finally fedex um you know bit and so he moved down to um nashville um and literally like the second week he got the job he w marched himself into the diversity and inclusion office and said you guys i work for this great program and you should fund them and last year, Fed actually funded her um, one-day wow. hackathon. And so there's that incredible give back of a young person who was, you know, affected, you know, just by working there of the community that he had and seeing the students and, you know, being with the other teachers and whatever of saying, you know what, I'm going to give back. Or another incredible um, master tech teacher that we um, recently got back in touch with. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really funny. Uh, my son was in LA with my husband over um, Columbus State last October, and they walked into a sushi restaurant, and a former, you know, uh, a tech teacher of Tech Kids Unlimited. Um, recognized my son and ran over to him and of course you know they started all talking and you know etc and then the next thing we know like this particular you know person not only sends us an end-of-year donation of a thousand dollars but then goes ahead and has his company match it oh my gosh so, and, he, and he's like in his 20s and so isn't I mean so that I love that I love that like you know hopefully we're you know trying to move the needle in regard to students age 7 to 21 with 
learning differences, cognitive differences, autism, whatever we want to call it, right? Whatever the name of the day is. Um, and, and that we're affecting those people, those individuals, but also all the teachers that teach them, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I love to be able to, like, I, I will love to, to know, like, in five, ten years or whenever, if any of those, you know, if, if our current staff, you know, get into positions of power, and they will, right, because these are all incredible, you know, NYU and other university you know, students, you know, who are like, you know what, bring me the diverse candidates. I want to start an internship program. I mean, that's how we're going to change the world, I think, um, to some degree. Um, I'm curious, mm -hmm. though, if you, so with the master tech teachers, do you provide any training with them? Yes, yes. Okay. So, so basically what happens is, is that, you know, the funny thing is, is like, we've never really had to put an ad up for any of our staff. Oh. <laughs> it's literally like, like we don't even have an ad on our website or anything, like nothing for job openings because people now just come to us. And, you know, it's like the parent is, uh, you know, the parent marketing, it's like um, staff marketing. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we get this, you know, one incredible student who's in, you know, mechanical engineering at NYU. And then the next thing we know, we're interviewing two more students. Well, how did you know about our program? Because that's a different department. Um, my friend told me about it, right? Um, so um, so what happens is, is that my amazing director of operations, she you know, gets all the resumes and she looks at them and you don't have to have teaching experience, but you have to like kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, like yep, if yep. you don't like kids and you are not patient and sort of like enunciate and, or maybe a little bit animated, you know, you can come out of your shell and, and if you don't have technology, you know, all of those, that package, you know, that we're looking for, then you're not a good fit, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but if you have that kind of general package, then we immediately, you know, you immediately become like what we call a counselor, you know, in the classroom. And so the counselor in the classroom, it's a classroom of no more than 20 students. And for every three students, there's a counselor. And the counselor sort of like, walks around like you're not supposed to sit down you've got like three students and that's who you take care of for the whole you know session whether the session is a sunday session which is three hours or a week-long session which is um uh 30 hours you know monday to friday that we do in the summer mm -hmm. so then when the counselor when and if the counselor feels ready um, they then move up to become the master tech teacher. And the way they do that is we have a template, um, which includes social emotional learning and the sensory, um, ideas that are wrapped in. Um, and then you work with our education manager, like almost like one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and let's say, you know, you're going to teach video editing or something like that. And you develop your curriculum, um, with the template knowing the students now, because we've now been in the classroom, 
and with our education manager. Now, sometimes, occasionally, we'll get someone who is an experienced teacher, and we'll just like put them in the classroom like once or twice, and then they immediately move up to being a master tech teacher. Okay. So that's, that's how that works. Now, we also work for every single classroom. We also have a social worker or a social work grad student that is in the classroom as well. And we love that model because, um, you know, having that person there to alleviate, whether it's tantrums, anxiety, motivation, um, all super, super important. Um, and so, you know, I like the team approach. Um, yeah. So we also have had um, occupational therapists we would for the youth and for the teens. Um, so we love working with OTs, um, especially in the summer, really important. I mean, a lot of times, you know, there are students that really benefit from brushing. Um, there are students that benefit from, you know, walks or big heavy objects at breaks, um, you know, walking around with heavy objects, or even a student that like sort of needs to sit a little bit away from the classroom mm -hmm. or in a darkened area. Um, so that is really good to have our OT. And then this summer, I'm really excited because a speech therapist that we know came to us, a young speech therapist in the public schools, and she said, I love your program, and I've had students, and I really want to work with you. And, and, and we just, you know, hired her for the summer. We were like, you know what? We want to see what it looks like to have a speech therapist in the youth classroom, we think, or, or in the tween classroom. We think it could be really, really helpful. Um, and so, you know, we, there are a lot, lot of adults in the classroom, and I think that's what makes our model work really well, is that, you know, there, it's not one-to-one, -one, right? But um, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's not like there's one teacher there, or even, even one teacher and one assistant, it's many more, right? Yeah. So like you can, in a classroom of 20, you could have like seven adults there. One could be the social worker. You know, sometimes we'll have, like in the summer, we'll have like a senior that's a psychology major who's shadowing the social worker. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes we'll have that. Um, and then we'll have like an OT, you know, there, plus other, you know, assistant counselors. And, you know, every classroom's a little bit, you know, different depending on the needs of the students. Um, and, um, and then, you know, sometimes parents are like, well, you know what, I'm going to bring in my own, you know, para or see it. And we're like, great, come in. Or sometimes a parent's like, I'm going to sit there in the class and do the class with my kid. And we're like, great, great. So, you know, all of the things in a way that I learned along the way with my own son you know, that things that really annoyed me, you know, like, why can't I shadow? Like, I'm an educator. Why? And I have the summer off. Why can't I shadow my kid at, you know, seven years old? No, you're not allowed. You know, okay. I'll sign a waiver. You know, I'll like all, you know, you know, I'm not going to sue you. I get a waiver saying I won't sue you. No, no. Like all those rules and regulations, you know, yeah. I like them to a certain extent, but I really want to be creative and flexible with our students and their families because mm -hmm. every child is an individual and they should be treated as an individual mm, I love that um so very much agree so and so we're, 
we're really heavy staff. And in the beginning, that was really hard for me to convince the funders. What? You're spending X amount of money on on all of that staff until one day, this is the funniest thing happened. One of my wonderful funders, the Butler Foundation, um, you know, who has funded autism programs in New York for a really long time. Um, we were having a visit with her in the summer and um, a kid ran out of the room. Of course, the social worker was with the child screaming and having a tantrum. And my development strategist just looks at um, the funder and goes, that's why we have extra staff in the room. And the funder was like, I get it. I get it. So it was like, I was so nervous that the funder would be upset, but my development strategist um, was just, you know, took, took the moment to say, explain the realities of the program. Yes. I'm so glad you clarified too, because I know through running a nonprofit, like a lot of those roles, Unfortunately, I have to be volunteer sometimes, but that's wonderful to hear that a lot of those, or most most of them are paid. Um, Everyone is paid at Tech Kids Unlimited, okay? That's awesome. Everyone that's awesome. is paid. I do not believe in this crazy volunteer model that other organizations have. Um, you know, Black Girls Code is volunteer-based with their teachers, et cetera, you know, and um, other organizations are too. I do not believe in it because I'm a tried and true educator and there's no reason why, you know, I make X amount of money and my friend who works for, you know, uh, Barclays makes an X amount of money. Um, you know, one job is not more important than the other. And my, my true feeling is that, um, that, if you continue to not value the idea of teaching with these types of volunteer related things, then you ultimately de devalue the field of education mm. um, in and of itself. So by trying to save money for the organization, you are bringing down an entire field. Um, and my view as an educator is education is the most important thing um, and so um, so everyone is paid it's very rare that um, someone is not paid um, so everyone you know is everyone is paid I mean we pay we pay like if we have a neurodiverse you know self-advocate coming into our college access program um, they are paid they get a guest lecture you know we have a yeah, absolutely. You know yeah, that we don't. True. You know we don't want to. You know, you're you're a neurodiverse advocate, and you want to tell people what it's like to be in college in our college access program. You're going to get a stipend. Mm -hmm. You know you are coming in mm -hmm. to tell our parents um, on a Sunday about um, taxes and filing their taxes and what they are legally allowed to take off their taxes via having a special needs child you're getting paid, you know, um, everyone is getting paid. Unless you literally say to me, no, I don't need to be paid. Um, I'm going, you know, I want to give my money back to the organization. Um, you know, we have a, you know, a, a friend of ours uh, who is a well-known assistive technologist in New York City. He's coming in, you know, to talk to our kids about assistive technology. He's, he's, he's always like, I don't want to be paid. Don't pay me. Uh, you know, this is too important a program. 
Um, so, you know, it just depends. So that, that is really our budget. Like most of the budget is, is, made, is made up of staff salary. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you're excited about and looking forward to in the coming months? Yeah. And I'm also excited about the possibility of we're going to try to put uh, a class online um, this year for 2020 so that we can have a student in Boston or California or Mississippi mm -hmm. who wants to know how to, you know, be a digital producer. They can, you know, a class just for them, um, you know using our ideas and methodology. So we're going to try to work on that. So those are the kind of things that I'm, I'm excited about. That's amazing. I, I'm excited to hear what y'all get from those, running those, and what you learn from that and that everyone. Yeah, it's online. I mean, what we have seen is we have, we have three online classes already on YouTube. Okay. Um, that we did with the grant a few years ago um, that we got a grant for it. Um, one was how to make a game. One was how to make a video. Um, and after people have done those, they're they're yeah, like, are there more? Yeah, there are there more. But you know, online is really the way I think to go. And um, yeah, one of our new board members was like, why don't we have an online component? And you know, we were like, you're right. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to you know, we had one meeting about it, and we're gonna just try to do. Um, you know, it's slowly, you know, we'll just do yeah. a little pilot, little a pilot. Thing. a little pilot. Awesome. Yeah. And then how can people listening to this episode get in touch with Tech Kids Unlimited? So just go to our website, techkidsunlimited.org. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Um, you can sign up for our mailing list at techkidsunlimited.org. You can info, if you want to ask any direct questions, just info at techkidsunlimited.org or Beth at techkidsunlimited.org. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, send us students. Yes. Yeah. We want more students. I bet people listening to this episode are already so inspired and got so much out of it and want to check it out. So thank you so much again for being on the podcast, Beth. It was so great talking with you. Thank you for having me. I hope to meet you one day. All right. Thanks again so much to Beth for joining us for today's episode. You can check out everything that we talked about in our show notes on the Autism Grown Up website, which is also linked in the description of this episode, which leads me to this a quick little ask. If you found value in this episode and know that others would benefit from listening to this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. This really, truly helps others in the autism community find us easier online because people like you are saying things like, hey, this podcast is real and it's real good and it's up to date and it's a helpful resource. Things like that, that could really help get the word out. Then I'd also like to say thank you to our supporters at Patreon. They are the ones helping us keep the show going in a sense through their support there. If you want to become a supporter and want to learn more about our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash autism grown up. And that's where we have early access to these episodes and other projects that we are working on. You can check that out there. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Autism Grown Up podcast all the way to the end. I'm so looking forward to our episode next week and I'll chat with y'all soon.